Y'all ready? We ready. Showroom, y'all ready? Hello, hello, welcome back to Delicious Tears. I'm your host, The Solution, where I'll be talking about a myriad of topics for the next 30 to 60 minutes, more so less. Today's topic was sent in by another listener, and actually this is the uh, the second time I've gotten this same topic in uh, a little over two weeks, and this comes on the heels of the Chad Wheeler incident. You know, the um, NFL player from the Seattle Seahawks that brutally beat his girlfriend, for not bowing to him. Yeah, that disgusting turd of a human. That guy. So the topic is interracial dating. And they both had uh, a little bit more to add to the title itself, but we're just gonna call it interracial dating. And I'm gonna give you my spill on it because I can speak from this from a personal aspect. As you all know, uh, I talk about my daughter quite a bit. My daughter is my my legacy, my crown achievement in life. And um, she means the world to me. My daughter's actual, actually biracial, okay? She is Afro-Latina. Her mom is from Panama, and obviously I'm a melanated man from the United States. I am starting to move away from the whole black and African-American thing, because, yeah. Melanated man from the United States from the great state of Maryland, from the wonderful city of Baltimore. So clearly there are some cultural distinctions between the two of us, meaning her mom and I. Uh, obviously we're no longer together, but we co-parent successfully without all the other stuff. So with that being said, I can speak from a place of experience. Now, I know you're saying, well, the solution, who else have you dated? I've obviously dated outside, as people like to say, of my own race, white, Asian, Hispanic, Latina, you know, you name it. <laughs> um, that does not make me a, um, a man of the streets. Okay, I am not for the streets. All right, um, I'm well into my 40s, so I've, I've lived a little. Okay, so interracial dating and this is coming from the perspective of a a global melanated man who's lived around the world you know a good portion of it europe asia and obviously america and africa i've lived in africa you know i was there for about 10 and a half months so i can get a perspective on uh different cultures and, and races if anything's different so before i even start i'm going to kill a lot of things a lot of stereotypes that uh some ignorant and uh less experienced people in cultural dynamics would say what makes us different is culture humans are exactly that we started separating ourselves via appearance uh you know geographic location religion all right that's always a problem with people and um education and wealth or lack thereof and it's a one-upmanship and it's okay when you um identify people because they they look different you know to explain them like which one was it oh it was the short guy over there 
you know, but it, it also comes down to now it's like, well, who was it? Well, it was the black short guy over there. So you can be a little bit more distinct. There's nothing behind that because it might be a group of short guys over there. You need to clearly say, well, which one was it? Okay. So culturally, these are the things that make us different. If you, I'm talking to you ladies for a second. If you were to date a melanated man from upstate New York, you leave there, you date a melanated man from Texas, from let's say El Paso. You leave there, you date a melanated man from Southern California. They're going to be different because culturally there are differences between those three men based upon the, the social dynamics of where they came from. It doesn't mean, you know, one's better because they came from a different place. Okay. Poverty, middle class, above poverty and wealth can exist in all of those places. Educational lack thereof can exist in all of those places. Values, convictions, ethics can be taught or not taught in all of those places. And the values and conviction part is more so more important than anything. And that's the one thing I observe and I annotated in my travels in life. People culturally take things uh, a little bit more serious. Well, excuse me. There are certain things they take more serious culturally than other cultures, such as respect for the elders, respect for educators, respect for people who perform a public service that keeps society moving and you take those people for granted. Whereas in the US, respect is kind of based upon tangible things materialistic things that's where you get the respect uh how expensive is your car how big is your home how much money do you make it work all right things like that can you eat at that restaurant that's the things that a lot of americans place value upon not convictions ethics okay and how you treat people and i believe those are more important than anything so the solution what are the differences between the between women culturally what's different okay i'm gonna give you a little backstory as a, a young man i was sent to europe germany to be exact and i think i kind of covered this a little bit this was my first eye-opening experience of that hey women are different around the world there's a cultural difference not because these are european caucasian women versus the american caucasian women that i came in contact in my small city of baltimore that was my sample size on the women i had came across and i did not have a lot of personal dealings with the caucasian women in baltimore prior to very few because where I lived, I can't say I was cultured. I was well aware of cultural differences. Most of my interactions with Caucasian women were teachers, a few classmates. That's it. That's it. Socially, not as much. I went to a historically black college. I don't recall seeing any white females at my school. 
and that's really the time that you uh interact with different cultures but i had this very closed-minded narrow approach in life whatever my family and friends espoused to be uh, the convictions and the ethics of our culture those were it even though i was fully aware that there's more there's more and the best thing i did was join the military and i said i needed to grow up and i needed to experience life a little more so i get to germany and i notice the caucasian european women were completely different culturally and it was nothing wrong with that but to my uh barely 20 something year it was mind-blowing i didn't like it the the forwardness of it because what i was ingrained that this is how women are supposed to act they're supposed to hide their sexuality they aren't supposed to be overt about it i was blown away by it i was taken aback it was it was repulsive to me because those are the values convictions that i was taught moving right along i had that experience i come back stateside i am now dealing with more uh women of different cultures so I, I get to north carolina and this was my um introduction into hispanic latina women observing them and how they act and I, I found it to very to be very intriguing okay very intriguing so of course you have the the stereotypes with hispanic latina women very seductive uh very family oriented um the the house really is controlled by them these are the things that i was starting to see not saying this is a one-size-fit-all thing uh the the catering to their man thing that was something i had not seen on that level i saw it in you know the melanated household but not like this this was different this was different and different as in you know um from a, a positive standpoint from what i've observed it, it wasn't anything uh, negative now one thing i did observe is later on as years progressed was the um denouncing of machismo and this is when i moved to texas so <clears throat> pardon me the the latina uh, hispanic women of mexican descent you know a lot of them were denouncing the machismo aspect of their culture if they engage in it not saying all people of uh, mexican descent engage in machismo machismo to sum it up is is very male dominant um the man do as i say i'm the provider so therefore you tolerate whatever i do okay um i learned an interesting term called the uh the sancha the sancha is essentially translated as side piece in um mexican slang if you will um the, the spanish uh well the mexican spanish slang i should say that was kind of ugh, that sounded a little racist when i said that um that's their word for the other woman if you will the side piece if you will uh, and I didn't know what it meant. So basically, men would have a woman that they kept. A kept woman across town somewhere. And they took care of her. And they had their family. You know, the wife and the kids elsewhere. And sometimes uh, you know, women knew about that. And they just dealt with it. That's how it was. And um, it was very uh, male-dominant decision-making. I bring the money into the home. You take care of the kids and maintain the home, so therefore you do what I say. 
uh, more contemporary women of Mexican descent began to denounce that. And that's where you come to a state like Texas. You see a lot of um, women of Mexican descent kind of um, move towards black men because as all of the, the negative and bad things that uh, people said about melanated men, we hold the women in our family in high regard. If a melanated man does not do that, it is a red, red flag. Uh, so they, they want that. They want that. We, we tend to really focus in on uh, our mothers, our sisters, our, our daughters. We're very protective of them. There's a, a level of you have input within the home and the saying and doings of the home. We just don't go out and make decisions and say, hey, deal with it because I make the money. Um, of course, there are people, there are melanated men who don't do that. All right. But overarching, a lot of us kind of find, follow that premise. So once again, the interracial dating thing in the stereotypes would say, I date this type of woman. I, I date Latina, Hispanic women white women asian women uh you know indian women you name it whatever it is someone that's not of your ethnicity because that's not true because culturally it's what makes you different and i said before i know uh <laughs> if you would say super hood asian women i know super hood white women all right i know docile black women okay I love, I, well, I say I love, I, I know very outspoken Mexican, Hispanic, Latina women. So you, you can't say that. It's it's the social construct that said, these are my values, my convictions, and this is how I'm going to act when it comes to uh, interpersonal relationships between men and women. But if you're going out there and saying, I'm dating uh, an Asian woman, woman because she's going to do whatever I say, that's fetishizing, Okay. There's a fetish thing. Now, let's get back to the divested uh, black women out there. The divested melanin women saying, uh, the, the, a.k.a. the swirlers, if you will. I hate that term. I'm with a Caucasian man because black men don't offer me anything. So typically what happens is that they have a myriad of failed relationships with melanated men. And they just write them off because of the behaviors of that group that's ignorance in itself because you will not date every melanated man walking this planet it does not work that way okay so you're stereotyping you're justifying your curiosity and your failures and say i'm going to do this because of this because all of you quote unquote have done these things that's the divested melanated black woman that's doing that okay and we've had the incident like the chad wheeler thing where the, uh, the abused young lady has spoken out against melanated men and, and bashed them. And I'm not saying that's the karma train, okay, at all. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is that is very peculiar, okay, where she felt like I'm doing better because I'm with this Caucasian man. No, evil people come in all shapes and forms and sizes, genders and shades and whatever, okay? There's evil in all humans wherever. So you can't say that. I, I like to say that is the most ignorant and stupid thing that people choose to do or vice versa. You know, you can have a Caucasian man and say, well, I like women with large butts and melanated women tend to have that. That's fetishizing. Okay. okay. Or 
uh, they, they have this um, Bedwinch mentality Uh oh You see that Okay You do as I say because I provide you with this lifestyle And that's why I'm with you So there's two sides of that whole swirly thing That's going on here Okay What about the men Oh I'm going to get me a white woman Because she's not going to do me Like the sisters do me Alright she's not going to take my money Well let's look at Robert Griffin The third he was with a Caucasian woman and um, she was doing some nefarious things and his family didn't like it. His mom and dad didn't like it. So he leaves her and he <laughs> he gets another white woman, okay? And the black women were all over him for that. Look, it's okay, right? You, you marry, you have kids, you like and love whoever it is. But when you're doing that because they look different from you, that's peculiar, all right? And to simply say, I like different things. But if you look at this, okay, let, let's take uh, Patrick Mahomes for a second. Patrick Mahomes is clearly biracial. His mom is Caucasian. His dad is melanated, former uh, professional baseball player. Your concept of beauty is going to come from typically the first woman that you hold in esteem and value that's your mother okay so clearly pat mahomes already had engaged she's beautiful to to my dad so she's going to be beautiful to me and that's what i'm going to go look for that's it that's the standard okay not because that young lady happens to be caucasian also it's his social surroundings and constructs Okay, his dad was a professional baseball player. So, of course, he lived in different places where a lot of melanated people wouldn't live. So, guess what? Who's he surrounded by? So, obviously, he's going to be attracted to those type of women. All right? You date who's available. I came from a challenged neighborhood. Okay? My then-girlfriend really did not, but her family lived in there. Okay? So, it was who was available. That's it. I did not catch three buses to go out into the suburbs of Baltimore County to pursue a Caucasian young lady. I went to a historically black college. I can't remember seeing any Caucasian young ladies. My high school had a few, all right? But they weren't checking for me. That's just what it is. They didn't like me, and it wasn't like, oh, he's black. It wasn't that. They simply didn't like me because I was purely who I was. Now, if there was some other reason, it's shame on their parents for teaching them that and their friends. Because you're taught racism. You weren't born that way. You're born into racist behavior and you have to accept that as truth. Via by people you hold in high esteem. Okay? So, let, let's get into the, the, the grimier part of it. No race of women is more sexually free than another. That's stupid. Okay? Gentlemen, listen to me. Every woman has the inner freak. It is up to you to unleash it. via making her comfortable enough to unleash it and to be willing to try the things that you desire to experience with her. All right, I gave you the PG part of it. That's it, okay? So all the stereotypes of, uh, you know, uh, Latin Hispanic women, they wanna have sex all the time. Caucasian women do whatever. Asian women just go with it. Indian women, 
don't really want to do too much. All stereotypes. All. They will do whatever they are comfortable with doing with you if you make them comfortable enough to do it. They relax. They feel like it's a safe place. They don't feel harmed and taken advantage of. And he's saying this person is worthy of experiencing this with me. And the same thing goes with you as men. Let me tell you the other part that I dealt with in Europe. Okay. The, the image of the hypersexualized black man is a real thing. I have dealt with that. I lived in Europe for a little over three years. We are viewed by some European Caucasian women as virile and sexual gods. If they want a great experience, they're going to seek out a melanated man, a black man, preferably an African-American melanated black man. Okay, let me roll it all in here together because they'll say, oh, you guys have a certain cool to you. You, you're you're funny you're not uptight and that's that's what they know okay that's what they, they think we're all cool those women who subscribe to that let's be clear those european women who subscribe to that stereotype that pursue african-american men because of that another part is it, this is you see the stateside too we're gonna have beautiful and i quote mixed babies there are women out here who will publicly say it that they want to have a biracial child i don't like the term mix they will pursue that and there are some who keep it between themselves that they pursued this african-american man for that because you know why there's social media pages for that mixed babies of facebook mixed babies of instagram why not just babies okay because it's a lot of it there's there's the part where um different ethnicities and cultures they avoid melanated men because they feel like we don't offer them anything because they allow the media to shape how we look towards them okay stupid stuff and, and here's the, the, the peculiarity. Let me let me explain something to you from experience. Uh, Melanated man, if you are dating and are with a Caucasian woman, she is essentially a visitor, an observer and bystander to your struggle, the things you're gonna have to deal with to society. The way she gets to handle things in society, she's gonna think is one size fit all because she wasn't born into the pain, okay? And the subversive and overt racism that you deal with, the, a system that's in place to keep you where you are. What she's gonna feel first are the sideways looks, the underhanded comments, and how people treat her when she's with you. She might have to deal with things from her family. The, the uh, expectation that your basic human rights will be honored is something that she can expect, but you can't, you can't. And it's like, why are they doing this, 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 and that? No, 
No, you are a visitor and an observer, okay? You are a guest into the black experience, the quote unquote black experience. And the best thing you can do is ask the questions. Not an ally, because an ally can pick and choose when they want to support you. A co-defendant means that when it goes down, I'm going with you. All right, co-defend. Together, we're going to defend this situation. I don't get to jump in and out, all right? No, no. And that goes for any race and ethnicity of woman that decides to date a melanated man. There are some things that you are not aware of that occurs, okay? This is more than uh, uniquely um, featured children, okay? In cool pictures, in Cheerios commercials. This is more than you uh, doing TikTok videos with him to some gibberish rapper and being cool. This, this is this is more to it, okay? And let, let me talk about another element. The colorism within melanated people. This bothers me to my soul, okay? This bothers me to my soul. We are still experiencing the trauma of division within our people. We're... The lighter skinned African Americans were more widely accepted. And, and you know something, if you've seen the movie Hotel Rwanda, that's what the Belgians were doing. Okay, read, read about the, the Belgian emperor and what he did in that part of Africa. Yeah, yeah, horrible, disgusting, despicable. Or Leopold, that guy, look him up. Anyway, there's colorism. This, this whole uh, concept of the lighter you are, the more the more beautiful you are. It's the most stupid thing that too many of us espouse within the culture. The desire to look more like your ancestral oppressors makes you more beautiful. The, Euro the European standard of beauty, the pursuit of that, lighter eyes, lighter skin, straighter hair that's somehow more beautiful look at the dark and lovely boxes perms and things like that you mean to tell me you can't be beautiful with your natural hair you can't you you mean to tell me there are no dark complected african-american women out there that are beautiful there are none oh i beg to differ i beg to differ I beg to differ, okay? Matter of fact, I ain't begging for nothing. I know so, all right? There are just visually challenged people in every ethnicity. Everybody's not appealing, okay? In any ethnicity. It doesn't work that way at all. So stop the stupidity, okay? You were taught that by your parents and your grandparents. Oh, they... No, they, they half white, all right? All these things. The closer you look to, to your oppressors, your ancestral oppressors, the better off you are. Stupid. But I ended on that. I'm out of here. 
I'm the solution. Make sure you uh you just just get on the the whole delicious tears wave, man. Tell some people about it. I got the topics, okay. And matter of fact, um, I, I apologize, okay. I'm adding this on here. By the way, I did a little quick edit. I apologize for the delay. There was a problem with the platform. Anchor is very, very popular right now because it's free and people get paid for this. So people run into it and I think their servers haven't caught up to it. They've done some upgrades and everything. But I got a couple more episodes that I've been trying to push out. And uh, I went back in and I wanted to add this in because I think this one's going through with the test run. But make sure you check it out on Spotify, Spreaker, iTunes. If not, just simply Google it. But I do implore you to join the podcast page and check out these episodes and like i always say you can stop all this stuff people by simply being a better human and i'm out of here the solution